Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal and I'm your host. So today we've got a very special guest speaker actually uh, from my hometown in Salt Lake City. Uh, this is a gentleman that has one of the most amazing backstories. Um, also, he comes from a place that has some of the greatest food ever and I told him that we needed to go get lunch and I think we're going to have to go get some papooses one of these days. So... Oh. Or maybe you'll just make some. <laughs> I can't make them. I, I, I should have learned, but I never did because my mom always lived 20 minutes away. Now she's 11 hours away. So, you know. There you go, man. There you go. So without further ado, we'll uh, bring out Rolando Alfaro. Welcome, buddy, to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, Dave, thanks for having me. Um, just a little bit about my background, like we talked about before. Um, I'm an immigrant. I'm an import to the U.S., um, like a lot of Hispanics, I did the run, jump and swim, you know, we got here under political asylum, you know, went from having maids in my home country to not lifting a finger to do anything to what's for dinner. And, uh, you know, thankfully, um, little by little, you know, working at it, everything that I have now, you know, I have the typical, you know, the wife, two kids, dog house with the white fence around it, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm living the American dream. Yep. You know, the, that everybody says is dead. But to me, you know, if you just look hard enough, you'll find it. If, or if, if you don't box yourself in. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. And when we talked uh, yesterday, you mentioned, you know, that you came from El Salvador and it really was just a, a whole different world. And when you got here, um, you guys really just it was your mom and your siblings. Right. And you just kind of right. went for it. Yeah. Um, single mother of three. If you can imagine that. Not knowing the language. That's you know? crazy, man. That is crazy. And what, how old were you when you moved? Um, I, I was almost 11 when I got here. Okay, cool. And then, uh, you know, you now, like you mentioned, you've got, you're living the American dream. And what has that journey looked like from that time when you first got to the U.S. to now? See, and it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, Isaac, because I was thinking about that after we talked. And I remember going to school, you know, to my ESL class. And there were other kids there who were further along the English curve or, you know, where I was with no experience. And I remember that we'll talk about, you know, how their mom and dad and how Friday was pizza night. And I was like, wow, they actually get to order pizza on Friday. How amazing is that? You know, as a, as a 12, 13 year old kid. And now ordering pizza is not a big deal. You yeah. know, now I can order it anytime I want and there's no problem with it except for my waistline. But other than that, you know, <laughs> it's been such a, such a, such a, such a journey that things that as a kid, I never thought would be, would be possible are just things that I take for granted. Now having mm -hmm. Oreos in my cupboard, you know, having brand name cereal, you know, going yep. to the store and getting whatever I want without checking my wallet to see if I have enough to pay for it, you know, just, just things like that. 
But I think it also goes to help you. I mean, like you say, you take it for granted, but, you know, we spoke yesterday a little bit about how it also gives you a different perspective, right? Because you have that lens or that mindset and growing up that way to now where you have the ability to afford the things you want. Um, But I think it gives you just a different perspective. What can you explain that a little bit more and, and what that's like? No, and you're right, because I see my kids here. They're not going to go through the same struggles I went through, obviously. You know, and so what you're saying, my mindset is, like my grandpa would say, if you want it, work for it and get it. Nobody's going to give you a handout. You know, nobody's going to feel bad for you and open the door if you don't knock or try to stick your foot in. So my, my, my perspective on this is that anything that's out there, it's for you to grab, now, whether it's, depending on the goal, it can take you as little as a month, two months, or five years, 10 years, but you can achieve anything you want if you just focus on that and work towards it day by day. You know, nothing, nothing's insurmountable, nothing's unattainable. I mean, look at all the rich people that we have, look at Bezos, look at, you know, Zuckerberg, did they get to like that overnight? No, it took years and years and years, but they just focused on their one thing. Like I told you yesterday, I've been happy with money. I've been happy without money. I don't need money to be happy. So for me, you know, now that I want some money to do some things, it's been kind of a struggle to put my mindset into money is okay, you know? But now that's the case. Because, yeah, money doesn't bring happiness, but it brings security. It brings the ability to help others, which is what I love with it. And it brings the ability that you're independent and you're okay. Totally agree. And I love, you know, I love that you mentioned it's really not money that brings the happiness. It's the fact that it's the tool and what it can do. It is a tool. And a lot of people don't see it that way. It took me a bit for me to, you know what, money is just like my hammer. When I want to frame something, I go grab my hammer and I use my hammer to frame it. Nobody said, oh, look at you, evil using a hammer. No, money is the same thing. I want to secure the future for my family. That's the tool to do it. I want to help the homeless. That's the tool to do it. Well, I love that you brought up the motivation too, because I I think I fall in a very similar line, right? It's more of, it's not the money is the motivating factor. It's the things that I can do with it. But then at the same time, I think that's where we can draw that motivation from because, you know, based on our conversations, I I think we have a lot of similarities in the sense when we get focused on something, we can just grind and get it done. Um, But at the same time, we've got to be attached to that issue, that whatever it is, that goal or that outcome, we've got to be excited about it. And if it's money, just because of the money, it's not going to happen. So it's got to be a deeper meaning. It's got to be, what is the purpose behind what I'm doing? You know, in your case, you're doing real estate and helping people buy and sell homes and, you know, changing their lives and being an, an example and helping influence people in just all these different ways. I think that becomes the motive motivating factor. And then the money just comes along with it. Yeah, like uh, there's a quote, and I'm going to butcher it because I always butcher all the quotes um, from Zig Ziglar that basically he said that if I help you achieve what you want and what, you know, the rest of my customers need, if I worry about everybody else's needs first, I'm never going to have to worry about my own. Yep. You know, and that's, that's been my mantra over the last year. And it's kept the roof over my head. I told you we, I had a failed company, you know, lost a lot into it, but I'm growing and I learned from that, you know. And this go around, it's a lot better now, you know, because now I have that, if I worry about my clients, what they need, what they want, it might take longer, it might take shorter, but at the end of the day, everybody's happy. 
and somehow my house is paid, my bills are paid, my kids aren't hungry. Yep, I love that. Let's talk about that a little bit here. You know, I think a lot of people fear getting into something because they fear it's going to fail. And you just mentioned you had something, that, a project you've been working on, building a company, and it didn't work out so well. But yet here you are continuing down the entrepreneurship road, building a real estate business, creating something for yourself that you don't have to go clock in, clock out at a normal job. Um, how, how and why do you think you're able to do that? Where some, you know, at that stage would just break down or some even fear starting because of that failure? I'm not going to say that it wasn't easy to just keep going. For a minute there, you know, getting a nine to five looked very, very good. You know, just, just doing that, you know, it looked like it's such an amazing thing because it's sure money. But at the same time, today, for example, we're having this interview right now. My kids are in the other room, you know, I keep an eye on them, but they're there. My wife had to go to the doctor. No big deal. I'm able to just, you know what, let me work from home. Yep. And I'm able to do that because I've called my own shots. I don't have to check in with anybody. I don't have to do anything. And that's the, the reason what kept me going despite that failure and that, that, you know, that taste in my mouth is the fact that if I don't do this, I'd rather have other people tell me, no, you can't, and me try to keep going around that than me telling no to my children that I can't do that because there's nothing there. So that's my motivation. Agreed. I'd rather the people tell me no and me keep fighting for it than me having to turn around and look at them in the eye and say, you know what, we can't do that. See, I love that man right there. You could tell the shift in just the attitude, the tonality that you had. That's like that motivating thing. That's what keeps you going because you came from a place of having everything, coming to the US, having nothing. And now yeah. that fight, that motivation, that is what gets you out of bed every day. That's what makes it worth putting in the time, getting rejected, having all the things happen, dealing with the failure and learning from it because the way I see failure is you're only a true failure if you quit, but exactly. But if you use it as a teacher and you learn from it, then you can grow and you can become something just totally beyond what you ever thought possible. But yeah, you have a lot to of people, have no, you're right. And people think that, Oh my gosh, I am such a failure. I failed. So what get up, dust yourself off and find another way. Yeah, you know, um, Jordan, for example, I saw an infographic. I'm a big Jordan fan because of his mindset. I mean, the man was just a robot when it came to what he wanted. Yep. And nothing stood in his way. And uh, the infographic said that he he took the last shot and missed missed it and lost 326 games. But he missed over 900 last minute shots. And you know what? That's okay. Because at the end of the day, he made more than he lost. And that's what matters. That's what that's that's the ticket, man. You're going to get bloody noses. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get beat down. That's life. It's supposed to beat you down. Life is not free. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be a cakewalk. And if it is, either you're a trust fund baby <laughs> or you're the least materialistic person in the world that, you know, never plans on having the family. But for Agreed. me, you know, it's not that way. And, and you learn and you grow and you pay for it with blood and sweat. Nothing's free nothing's free. Well, I think, again, going back to, you know, you mentioned your, your kids, and I think we have a, a very similar philosophy here, just in teaching that work ethic. I mean, I think 
that in the world today, there are so many problems and a lot of them exist because kids don't know how to work. They don't have that work ethic. They don't have that drive. They don't know what they want. They just, they, it's just so easy to get everything now. We have the internet. We can research stuff so quick. We can, you know, create anything out of nothing and they don't have the long-term perspective no is it now i'm noticing now with my five-year-old and i'm getting a little worried i'm you know we need to correct a bit here um so the other day we we got him a little gar- he, he loves garbage trucks and you know that sort of thing yep that's his jam right now and so we got him this really nice garbage truck but it's used you know i don't mind getting used toys for my kids yeah, because totally. eventually they're either going to break them or they're not going to care for them in a month. So why am I going to go through a huge expense? Yep. So we got him this really nice truck that, you know, retails for like a hundred, 120 bucks. My wife happened to find it in, on, on Facebook for 10 bucks. So we bought it, cleaned it up, you know, he's happy with it. And so it breaks, you know, now he can't open the door and now he can't do a few things. And he goes up, he's like, okay, dad, just give me a new one. I was like, what? He's like, dad, buy me a new one. This one's broken. I was like, I'm not going to buy you a new one, buddy. That costs money. He's like, well, you have money. I was like, yeah, but you don't. And this is your truck. Well, in that case, I need to get money. I was like, yeah, you need to get some money, buddy. If you want a new one, you need to get some money. If not, we got to figure out how to fix it. And he was like, okay, dad, I'll get some money. I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do to get money? I'm going to ask you. <laughs> you know, and that's what he said to me. So I was like, it doesn't work like that, buddy. So, you know, right now he's still playing with it. You know, we're trying to fix it and working through it that way. But he knows that if he wants to replace it, that he he's going to have to come up with some money. Because, you know, money doesn't grow on trees and money's not found on the floor. Yep. Yeah, and daddy might have some money, but that's daddy's money, not his money. Yep. I will say that's one thing I learned from my kids every day, though, the negotiations. Oh, my gosh. It, it's the good. combination of trying to foster that and grow that because it's such a good skill. Yes. But you're right, without just giving it to them, like you have to teach them the principles behind it. But that's, I mean, I think we get older and we lose that ability to negotiate like that. Or and somebody tells us the no, 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 and beats it out yep. of us. Yep, exactly. You know, and I it's, never want him to lose that negotiating part. I love it. I mean, yep. right now he's the best little lawyer on earth. He gets yep. himself out of trouble. He can negotiate so many pieces of candy after dinner. You know, <laughs> even if he's in trouble, he's still negotiating how long he has to stay in timeout. Yep. You know, and I'm like, this guy never quits. It's, I, I think that is one of the most amazing journeys that I've had so far, even from like a business and entrepreneurship thing is raising kids because yeah. they're just like these little sponges that soak everything up. And so you realize that they repeat some of the stuff you do. So you have to like check yourself. And then all, all, they also have this amazing ability to, yeah, to negotiate, to look at life in a totally different way. And it's like, man, I'm responsible for helping this child develop. And I don't want to beat them to the point of no, 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 no. So they feel broken inside because that's just, you know, the reality. And it's so easy to just say no, but teaching the principles, helping them understand why and how and helping them develop so that as they grow older, they, they can make their own decisions. They understand that work ethic, right? It's, it's just the craziest experience I think I've ever had. No, and it's such a fine line, like you said, you know, to be able to maintain them with that, let's keep negotiating without crushing it. Yep. 
you know like like my boy for example now that he knows that that he needs some money every time he finds a nickel a quarter or whatever he sticks it into his pocket and he's like daddy that money's now i'm like good you need you need way more than that what are we gonna do to get you some you know so we're working on that how to get some money for him now i love it because he gets that he's starting to see that you know he's not a little boy anymore he's he's starting to be a big boy yep. he asked me to call him a big guy the other day <laughs> so you know he, he has to do big guy things now i love it man i love it and i think again that's such a cool topic to you know to to think about and discuss is just growing up i mean i think there's a lot of families out there that don't really talk about money they don't really you know share struggles if there are some or if everything's great or they don't teach the concept or the idea of, of the transaction, which again, you know, you want kids to be kids, but there's uh, again, a fine line of how can you teach them how to develop and grow? And if they want something, yeah. How do you go out and get the money? How do you go out and find it? What, what can you do to create value in somebody else's life to bring that money? Right. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's such a, a cool time of life and a, a cool season of life to go through and and think through and build and and become aware of what they're doing and then it m- makes you self-reflect too yeah it makes you really think you know where was it that i lost this along the way and what can i do to yep. get it back yep exactly um i don't know if you've read the book and and this is one of my favorite books even though i never make it past chapter three every time i read it <laughs> and it's uh Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon. Yeah. I love how he talks about his son who, who was deaf and how everybody thought that that was going to be such a detriment to his son and such a such a burden for the family. And he looked at it and he was like, that's it? He's only deaf? Oh, we can overcome that, no problem. You know, yeah. and then he, his son became a very successful person. Yeah. You know, my son's autistic. He has several disorders, not just one, you know, that we have to work and help him process and deal with and but you know, at the end of the day, that's just going to help him be better because he's going to know how to deal with things better. And it's not a limitation for him. It's just, you know, business as usual with extra steps. And that's yeah. all there's to it, you know? Has it been easy? No. Is it going to be easy? It's not. But at the end of the day, my job is to make sure that he can make it on his own, you know, when his old man's not here. And he does call me his old man, too. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, you know, that's my job to make sure that he's okay, even though he, he was born with this. You know, it doesn't mean that he's just now supposed to have a life of second tier, you know, because of this. No, I want him to learn that he can do anything he wants. It just must take a little while longer to learn or it might take a little longer to understand. But even now, he's ahead of all his buddies at school. You know, normal kids, he's awesome. Passed them up on some things. That is awesome. It, and again, it's that idea of optimism, keeping... Mm-hmm. A level head and just realizing that hey this is the hand we're dealt how are we going to deal with it how are we going to work with it yeah okay it's so only a limit to work with yeah it's only it. a limit if you make it a limit yeah yeah it's an opportunity yep exactly so let's talk real estate here um for a little while <laughs> tell me about how you got into real estate and what's been uh what, what has that journey been like i know there's a lot of um, people <clears throat> that listen to this that have thought about becoming a, a real estate agent or getting into investing um, but yeah, what's your experience been like? Well, I'll, I'll put it two ways. If you're going to become a real estate agent and make that your livelihood independent, and if that's the only income, 
it is not the easiest thing in the world. If anything, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Let me just say that. So if you want to become a realtor and you want to make that your livelihood, make sure that either your spouse can cover your back or that you have some savings for the first six months because it is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. Nobody's going to give you any guidance. And a lot of realtors protect their craft. So if you ask them for pointers or whatever, they'll tell you to go jump off a hill. Me personally, I have no problem mentoring a lot of young realtors because when I came out, nobody told me anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, you have a license, go make money, have fun. You know, and so that's one. And then the second one is I got into real estate because I got my degree in economics. I'm an economist, believe it or not. I graduated from San Francisco State in 2009. Awesome. Not the best time in the world to try to get into the world of finance, <laughs> as I found out later. Uh, it was great while I was in school. I wrote sure. a 50 page paper on why the you know, the, the whole meltdown happened and what led to it, the causes, all this, right? So it was great to study. I never thought I had to get a job after, though. So, you know, I applied to all these places. In, in 10 months, I sent over 600 applications. Two callbacks. Wow. And one of them flat out told me, do you have a book of clients? No. Okay, then we don't need you here. You know, just point blank. <laughs> so it was like, great. So I got into real estate because I moved from San Francisco here because I had a buddy who owns his own property management company. Um, and so I started off as a, as a property manager and that's how I got my license in 11 years ago now. Awesome. So I did that for five years. Uh, we had, you know, we parted our ways with that company. Um, and I decided that I gave it a shot to corporate America, got backstabbed and found out how nasty corporate America is. So I still had my license. I was like, why not? Any number of people can do it, so can I, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Here we are six years later. Good for you, man. What a a cool journey, though, and part of the experience, right? I mean, you had the ups and downs. You still have the ups and downs. But, again, you're still here 11 years later in the real estate industry. So you obviously have a draw to it. It excites you. You have a little bit of a passion for it. And Yeah, I haven't had a real job. Well, not a real – it is a real job. I it haven't had a clock in yeah. job um, in, in 11 years. I don't know what it's like to clock in anymore. I don't know what it's like to, to go every day for the same time, get off at the same time, or, you know, as the boss of his gate to have OT. I don't know what that's like anymore. You know, I've, I haven't done that in over a decade. Uh, it, to me, it's a foreign concept at this point. Yeah, Even though I, I did, man. you know, uh, and I've done all sorts of stuff. I used to do heavy, heavy road construction. Yep. I used to be in the Laborers Union International, you know. I used to be a laborer, a union member. Um, I remodeled houses. I worked for, you know, um, uh, what you want to call it? Um, collection agencies. <laughs> so, it's, so it's been a fun, fun, you know, I haven't done the same thing. I used to work for a money management firm. And it's just all sorts of fun stuff, you know. So what advice would you give a, a new agent starting out? The advice that I would give a new agent, and I'm actually working on writing up a short little guide on what to expect your first year. And it's basically, you need to set your expectations so that you know that there's some realtors that, okay, let me start over, sorry. What I would say is this, um, 80% of all the money made by realtors are made by 20% of the realtors. First of all, you know, yep. 
why do they make all the money? Because they hustle, they outwork, they outthink, they outplay everybody else. If you're going to be a real estate agent, get ready to have 12-hour days, six days a week. Now, I personally don't work that much anymore because with experience, with enough trying things, I finally found my niche and what works for me. So that is the first thing. Figure out what your strengths are and play to them. A lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, also make your weaknesses strong. I'm the one that's a higher weaknesses, make your strengths stronger. So figure that out. Once you have figured that out, what in real estate is it that fits you the best in that? You know, is it working with for sale by owners? Is it calling, um, you know, expired listings? Is it working with new time, first time home buyers? Is it working with retirees? Is it, you know, what is your niche? What do you have? What do you do? And then go for that and focus on that. Don't don't try to do 20 things, you know? And that's what I would say. Just focus and stick to that. Don't, everybody in their mama is going to try to sell you something. Everybody's going to tell you that they have a better way of doing it. Everybody's going to tell you that, you know, you don't need to spend 50 hours a week so you can make some money. And those are the people that are just making their living off of your back because you're going to realize six months down the road that you have nothing in your bank account. Your kids are hungry. And you're going to have to get a job. Amen, man. We could just end the episode right here. Like that's such sound advice. Because I I think a lot of people think it's so easy to just become a real estate agent and to just get into it. And it's such a misconception, but it also has one of the highest turnovers because people get in and they realize that, oh, hey, this is work. And then they quit because it's hard work. But the ones, like you said, the ones that stick it out and have that long-term vision and just say, look, no, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to do the work. And down the road, I can loosen up a little bit, but I have to put in the time. I have to put in the effort now. And that's what's going to get me there. I was on the team, like I told you, to recover from from what happened. So I joined the team for for a year. Um, I left the team because obviously, you know, I I, I got to the point where they helped me, where they helped me, and they, they did a tremendous job helping me. And, you know, sometimes that might be the way for you to start is joining a real estate team, but you got to join the right one. The one that I joined, uh, the gentleman that runs it, is very big about mindset and having, making sure that your mind is in the right place, that you have a growth mentality, that you have an abundance mentality, you know, so that you can go get it. So that's what I needed. That's what I got. And they got me in the right place. After a year, you know, we both knew I wasn't going to be there forever. And, but they helped me and we parted on good terms. Now, the other guy that was there with them for two years you know, their top producer, um, I just found out that he took a job because he wasn't making it. <laughs> yeah, that he was having way too many roller coasters. And at the end of the day, he decided to go back to what he knew he used to do rather than focus on making it on this because he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And after two and a half years. It's crazy. Yeah, he was no slouch. I mean, he was doing 20 transactions a year, which to yeah. some is not a lot, but it's enough to make you a good six-figure income. Yep, for sure. For sure. You know? Well, and it goes to show you again, right? If you have the long-term vision and you know you want to be around for a while, you can make it work. You just have to put in the time. You have to put in the energy, find the right people to learn from, and that's the key. go to work. I've had so many worthless coaches. I yep. spent so much money on the wrong things, you know, but how are you going to learn? You know, that's, that's the thing. You, you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And the only way you're going to find out and know is if you try. Right. And now I was going as far as you, you also mentioned investing. You also have to be careful how you invest in real estate. 
Mm. Like I have a lot of clients here in, in, in Salt Lake who want to invest, you know, multifamily or rental homes. Yep. I tell them that here in Salt Lake, if they want to buy and hold, great. We have a good market for that because of the economy. There's always going to be renters because here's where I manage the rental company that I work for. Mm-hmm. And I saw the need for that. Um, but if we're going to do multifamily, the ROI on some of these, you know, being four or 5% is ridiculous. Yep. You know, if anything, let's look at a state. Let's look at the Midwest where the ROIs are 15, 16%. Yep. You know, get more bang for your buck. So when you invest, it depends what your strategy is and what you want to do. Utah may or may not be the place for you. Yep. Totally agree. It, you've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a game plan going in. Otherwise, you're going to get burned and you're going to learn the hard way. Yeah. Like flips right now. It's so hard to find a decent flip. Um, my, my partner and I, I call my partner because he used to be my business partner. Yesterday, we were joking. He's like, hey, Rolando, you want to do a flip? I was like, sure, let's do it. Okay. You know, two bed, one bath, thousand square foot of Magna, 199. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We can only sell that for 240, 250 if we're lucky. And yep. they're selling it for 200. There's not enough meat on that bone for anything. He's like, yep. nope. You know, we needed to buy the house at 165 to make it work. But uh, 199, what are we going to do with that? But somebody's going to buy it and somebody's going to flip it. There's going to be 15 offers on it. Exactly. And somebody's going to get it. It's going to sell for anyway. 220. Yep. And then they're going to realize that they're weighing over their heads. They're yep. going to be lucky to break even. You know, but that's 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 a reality right now. Yep. No, it's it's a wild market, but I think that's when you just start pivoting and you're looking for other avenues um, to figure out how to just make it work, right? And stuff will change. The market shifts. Stuff will come back or it won't come back in certain ways. And there's always going to be some sort of a strategy where you can work, you can make money, you can create a living. You just have to be willing to pivot and adjust with it versus just throwing your hands in the air and saying, well, this, this sucks. I'm not doing this anymore. Oh yeah. No, uh, the way I do real estate is way different than I was doing it a year ago. Yep. So what I was doing a year ago, is not going to work today. Yep. You know, and so that, you it. just have to roll with the punches. I you love have to it. Be like Ali, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is a perfect uh, segue um, as we're coming to the end of the show, but this is one of the, my favorite questions to ask. And I ask it to everybody um, at the end of each episode. And if you, um, if you were given one day left to live on this earth, what would be the legacy or what advice would you leave behind with the, your family, friends, people listening to this episode? What would that look like? What would you share with them? So if tomorrow or the day after is the last day here, what would I, what would I leave them with? Yeah. What would, what would be your legacy? How would you, what advice would you share with them about life? Wow. Um, I think what I would go for would be that a lot of people would say, oh, make peace with this, you know, be at peace with yourself. Don't have any enemies. People, I'm not the type that people are going to like you or not like you. It doesn't matter. I don't care what people think of me. If they like me, great. Come over, have a burger. If not, eh. You're not going to get a good burger. So what I would say is just make sure that one, if you're a family person or a family man, like I am, that you make sure that your family's taken care of, that you take care of those around you and that you give everything you, you can to that. Now, if every day you live like 
it's your last day and you know you put in what you could and you did what you could, that's it. That's all you need to do. You're not going to have regrets and you're going to sleep well at night. So that would be my thing is treat every day like it is your last day because tomorrow you're not sure if you're even going to wake up. You know, so treat every day like your last and you're never going to have a regret. Oh, I love it, man. Get goosebumps. I love it. You're exactly right. I mean, that's how you have to live. And that's when you're going to feel most fulfilled, right? Because you're not going to have regrets. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make, have times when you learn and you have growing experiences, but you're going to live to the fullest every day. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm I'm not going to lie and say, oh, you know, I never have a regret. No, there's been plenty of times that I cried myself to sleep because I didn't know what was going to happen the next day. You know, where I'm so worried of what's happening or what's going on. You know, did I do the right step? Did I, did I take money out of my kid's mouth to try this new thing that I'm hoping is going to bring in more money? Or did I just really royally screw up and, you know, take that away from my kids? Yep. You know, but no, 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 nothing gained, nothing ventured. Amen. Well, Rolando, this has been such a fun episode, man. I, I really appreciate you being willing to, to be on the show and share your experiences and some of your insight. I think there's so many golden nuggets in this episode. And I think there's really just some fantastic meat, right? That people can come in, listen to this episode, learn from, gain some experience. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, you know, like most realtors, my phone is chained to my ankle. Uh, that'd probably be the best way to do it. Um, they can just Call me, text me. Um, is it okay if I share my number? Absolutely. Um, it's 801-441-0973. Again, 801-441-0973. Shoot me a text, give me a call. And, you know, I'll try to help you if I can. And if not, I'll point you where somebody else can help you better. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, this has been a fantastic episode. And for everybody out there, just remember, infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. And you honestly will live your life to the fullest every day. Live with no regrets and make it a fantastic day. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, Jotform, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.